We have serious problems to solve, and we need serious people to solve them. And whatever your particular problem is, I promise you, the Democrats are not the least bit interested in solving it. They are interested in two things, and two things only, making you afraid of it and telling you who's to blame for it. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you win elections. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that scene from the American president because, uh, you know, it just it just illustrates, you know, that we've got serious problems and we need serious people to handle them. And the Democrats have no no uh, interest in solving anything. They just want to tell you who's to blame for it, making you afraid of it. And uh, I think we're I think even the Democrats are starting to see that now, as you see as you see people's moving away from Joe Biden, moving away from him. And we're going to talk a lot about that. That song was Mean Mr. Mustard from the Beatles. I use Mean Mr. Mustard from the Beatles because it's off the Abbey Road album. And, uh, you know, I've been gone for two weeks, Don and I, and uh, one of our kids uh, went to went to Europe. And uh, the first 24 hours that we landed in Europe, we were in London and uh, we all got together and said, hey, what's on your bucket list for England? And I said, uh, walk across the street at Abbey Road. And, uh, you know, hey, we saw Big Ben. We saw the London Eye. We saw the Tower Bridge. We went over the, we went over the, what's uh, not the London Bridge anymore. It's uh, something else. We went over it. And, um, but the biggest thing for me in England was walking across the, the crosswalk at Abbey Road, which we did. And so I use Mean Mr. Mustard, Mean Mr. Mustard from Abbey Road, because it's kind of like about uh, our president. Hey, what a such a dirty old man, such a dirty old man. What an idiot uh, that we have in there. And I will tell you things that things that I learned in in Europe. Uh, number one, I was warned that people in Europe don't like Americans, so don't wear American flags on your shirt and don't put American flags on your luggage. You'll get a lot better treatment if you put a Canadian leaf on there um, because they we all talk kind of the same. Um, I did not find that to be the truth. Uh, people, they all think that Joe Biden is a, is a joke. They all think that you know what did America do? They they brought this guy they brought this guy into office and who's completely out of it. Um, and you know Joe Biden is you know I could say he's an international joke because nobody across the across the pond uh, really sees him as leading the country or leading leading the free world. Um, I talked to you know and say you know someone asked me hey 
Who did you hear this from? I heard it from uh, heard it from bartenders, and I heard it from Uber drivers, and I heard it from people at the airport, and I heard it from people uh, people uh, on the streets of uh, France and Italy, and I just talked to everybody, and that's and of course my uh, my daughter in law kept saying, okay, somebody push play on Ed, because there he is talking to people about the same stuff. I want to know how people across the world view what we where we live. I like to get those opinions. I like to know uh, what everybody's view is. I'll tell you, Uber driver in uh, in uh, Marseille, France, um, brought up the fact that uh, that uh, Trump has got all these indictments because it was the day he got indicted in uh, Georgia, and uh, and I go, you know what? In my opinion, is if if they actually convict him of something, you'll see a big revolution in our country. Because people will know this is uh, the end of America, end of America that they can actually do this. You can indict it, like they say, you can indict a ham sandwich, but uh, convicting, convicting someone of these crimes, uh, basically, hey, half the country believes that the that the that the 2020 election was BS, and Trump just acted on it, and uh, you know everyone's got a got a right to stand up. And everybody has a different opinion about it, but um, if they actually try to put him in jail, I see American Revolution happening. And uh, of course, the Uber driver said, "Hey, if if our president got put in jail, uh, everyone would be there'd be uh, cheering in the streets, uh, referring to Macron. Apparently, he's not well liked in France. And uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny how how." We don't have we don't have the whole country feeling the same in this country, but apparently it's uh, quite quite common that they don't like Macron in in France. But hey, maybe that's just a limited a limited people I talked to while I was in France. But it didn't didn't seem to be that uh, uncommon. Um, I also you know we hadn't this was my first time in Europe, and one of the reasons was Don always said, hey, I don't want to travel while there's so much crazy stuff happening in the world. And of course, I convinced her to go this time because um, because there's so much crazy stuff happening in America that it can't be any worse. And I will tell you now that I'm back, it isn't any worse. It isn't any worse. And of course, uh, uh, the girls, my daughter-in-law and my wife both didn't want to take the train between London and, and Paris because uh, it goes underwater. And after the Titanic thing, nobody wants to go on a train that goes underwater and... Uh, <laughs> Somebody made a comment when we before we got on the train, the Eurostar, and uh, hey, there's vents on top of it. That's where the water is going to come in when we go underwater. And they go, we're not going into the water. We're going into a big tube that goes under the water. Oh, I didn't realize that. Really? Come on, come on, man. Use some, use some, uh, use some logically thinking brain cells there, and let's uh, let's think about how things work. Working, but that was it was it was an awesome trip. The highlight, probably other than walking on Abbey Road, was uh, the tour of the Colosseum in Rome, and all the history, all the history behind the Colosseum. The the tour guide that we had uh, explained, you know, why they built the Colosseum, and basically that was to entertain people, entertain people so that the emperor could keep the people happy by giving them some entertainment. Well, hey, you know what? If we uh, if we don't uh, if we don't pay off people's student loans they're not going to vote for me if people if we don't uh, 
uh, kill some people in front of everybody for their entertainment. They're not gonna they're not gonna keep voting for us. And if we don't, and it's in the corruption of government and leadership in the world is not new. Um, I mentioned that when I saw the Oppenheimer movie, it was uh, it was a eye opener to see how corrupt things were back in the in the in the forties uh, and how you know all this corruption in in government didn't start with uh, with Barack Obama or uh, or Joe Biden. It's just been so obvious during those terms, and it's so obvious now what's going on. Um, but it was a great trip. We went to uh, Italy, to France, to Spain, and to England, and we had a great and we had a great time. I would just advise anyone who wants to uh, do the same trip: don't do it in August. It's super hot. Not so much in England, but uh, Spain, Italy, and and uh, France. Super hot down there, and super humid in August. And my travel agent kind of warned me, and I'm going. She goes, "Oh, it's so hot down there." And I looked at the Weather Channel to look, and I said, "It's only in the 90s. It's it's hotter than that here." But it didn't factor in the humidity factor, and uh, you end up taking more showers than you normally do, just to be uh, comfortable. But we had a great time. We had a great time. It was a great trip, and uh, uh, thanks to Scott McAfee for filling in for me while I was gone. I will make one disclaimer: listening to Scott's shows, um, the Department of Homeland Security is uh, was created by George W. Bush because. After 9-11, we realized that the FBI and the CIA and local law enforcement and all the different law enforcement branches don't communicate with each other, and that's why the Department of Homeland Security was created, and uh, not a department that we need to get rid of. Um, it serves a purpose. There's a lot of departments we do need to get rid of but or revamp, but Homeland Security, eh, I don't endorse that comment that Scott made uh, more than more than once on the show. Um, but anyway, so uh, let's get on to what's happening this week. Before I go on, let me introduce myself. For those who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities, and there will only be more as we, as as time goes on, if you need uh, financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk about real estate or financing, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, you don't want to actually let me hear your voice just yet, um, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net, and uh, click on the United American Mortgage logo, put in as much information as you want me to have, tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And uh, whether that's to uh, refinance a piece of property that you own, whether that's to purchase a piece of property you'd like to own, and uh, whether the whether those properties are in California or in another state, um, or if you want to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everybody's talking about to help bridge the gap between how many years you have left and how much money you have left, um, reach out, reach out. I'll help you. I'll help you figure it out. Um, if you have, if you want to hear any part of the show repeated. Or you missed it when it was on the radio, you can get it on the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can, uh, or you can also get on edhoffman.net uh, and just go to the podcast page. You can hear the shows, well, several past shows. And on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you can uh, subscribe for free, have it automatically download to your device, 
once a week. I record on Friday mornings. It uh, uploads to uh, Friday afternoon, and somewhere th- shortly thereafter, it'll download to your device, and you can listen to it whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, so anyway, let's get on. Let's. Oh, also, if you have uh, comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. All right, so uh, last week we heard... All we heard about was Joe Biden trying to tell the people of Maui that his very minor house fire in 2004 was somehow comparable to them losing everything, including in some cases their children. Shockingly, he said it again this week. You know, he's trying to get that that uh, hey, I that empathy. Hey, I understand. I know how you feel because I went through the same thing too. But what he went through, as we discussed several times in the past, was a uh, a kitchen fire that. Uh, that broke out in his kitchen because of a lightning striking and it went up through something in his in his house, came into his kitchen, fire department had it gone in 20 minutes, was not anywhere near what the people of Maui lost. And uh, my, my uh, production assistant was uh, on a cruise ship a few days before this fire happened and her cruise ship didn't land in Maui because of that. And uh, having been on that cruise four times myself, uh, Lahaina is a is a really cool, really cool little uh, little town there, and uh, Don and I have been there several times, and that's a big loss. That's a big loss for Maui. It's a big loss for tourism, um, and you know that's it's really sad. And I, my hearts go out to everybody in Maui that lost that lost their businesses, lost their houses, and uh, lost their family members. Um, but uh, shockingly, you know, Biden's trying to compare that to his to his kitchen fire. Also this week, Biden made a whopper that put to shame his prior claims of being a civil rights leader. This one goes way further, way further back uh, than than he went to a black church in high school. You know, when he went to a black church in high school, uh, right right uh, every morning before class, before he went to mass at the Catholic church, and of course he went to to more shuls than uh, any Jewish person did and uh, while he was being raised as a Puerto Rican. Um, it happened at the White House event on Monday when they hosted the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. During his remarks, Biden claimed that he somehow convinced segregationist Democrat Senator Strom Thurmond to vote for the Civil Rights Act in 1964. I was able to literally, not figuratively, talk Strom Thurmond into voting for the, for the Civil Rights Act before he died. And I thought, well, maybe there's real progress. Yeah, maybe there's real progress. The AP uh, Associated Press fact check said false. Biden had not been elected to the Senate in 1964, and Strom Thurmond was among the prominent Southern Democrats to vote against the bill. A White House spokesman confirmed the president misspoke in his remarks. You think he misspoke? He was probably referring to renewing the Voting Rights Act of 1965, but that happened back in 1982 that he might have said something to Strom Thurmond. But you know what? Uh, Biden doesn't know the difference. 1964, 1982, Civil Rights Act, renewing the Voting Rights Act. He doesn't know, he doesn't know, uh, you know, his, he, to, to quote a movie quote, uh, uh, he doesn't know if he, to, whether to scratch his watch or wind his butt. Um, he doesn't, he just, doesn't know which way is up, and it's becoming so, so obvious. Also this week, we learned that the real Joe Biden is not just someone who grossly exaggerates the past. He's also someone who's taken cover under fake names while serving as vice president. And we're not talking about Secret Service code names. We're talking about 
uh, the story of the National Archives and Records Administration confirmed possession of nearly 5,400 emails, electronic records, and documents containing pseudonyms that Joe Biden used when he was vice president. So, you know, hey, uh, people call me the loan god because I get loans done, but you know what? Everybody knows who that is. He's using secret, secret emails so nobody does know. Uh, as usual, as usual, we only know about this because a conservative nonprofit took action. The Southeastern Legal Foundation, SLF, filed a Freedom of Information Act request in June of last year for the records. Well, if they filed a Freedom of Information Act request last, in June of last year, why are we only hearing about this now? We haven't seen the emails itself themselves yet, and the SLF, um, the Southern Legal Foundation, says the National Archives is dragging its feet and sued this week to obtain the emails. Meanwhile, the House Oversight Committee is also demanding they release all the unredacted emails. The National Archives emailed this response. We have performed a search of our collection for vice presidential records relating to your request, and we have identified approximately 5,138 email messages, 25 electronic files, and 200 pages of potential, potentially responsive records that must be processed in order to respond to your request. In other words, 5,138 emails and 25 electronic communications and 200 pages of uh, of records need to be gone through to make sure that we redact them and we uh, we delete a few of them to make sure that we don't uh, we don't release something that's going to harm the Biden administration. That's a whole lot of places for Vice President to use uh, to use fake names. And what are these fake names? In these more than 5,000 places, then Vice President Joe Biden is referred to under pseudonyms like Robin Ware. And we know Robin is for is short for Robinette. We're not sure what the Ware is somewhere in his uh, family history or maybe his wife's maiden name or something. Uh, there is a Ware because he uses it a couple of times, W-A-R-E. And then there's another one, Robert L. Peters. Not sure where that comes from. Robert L. Peters, and J.R.B. Ware. Maybe the J.R.B. is Joseph Robin and Robin and Robinette Biden. Maybe the Ware is so he can say Beware. I'm not sure, but these are the these are the names he's got emails uh, under. These communications are not other people talking about Biden under these names. Biden personally, knowingly used these names. He had actual email addresses with these names while serving as vice president. Robert.l.peters at PCI.gov. PCI.gov is apparently a uh, something that people in the executive office of the president use. Robinware456 at gmail.com and jrbware at gmail.com. Hmm. So he has these so people don't recognize it as just Joe Biden. But the way he does these things, there's no, there's obvious, there's no, there's no way to hide it. Again, these emails themselves have not been released, but we can see some of the emails that were on what else? Hunter Biden's laptop. These aren't the same old emails we've already seen. These are brand new to us. They show Biden's vice presidential staffers emailing at the fake name email addresses and CCing Hunter Biden, which is the strangest thing. And I think we all know why that matters. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. 
No, never spoken to him, never emailed him, never texted him. Uh, I think the I think we all use those as one and the same. But the fact that he's emailing him uh, tells me that he's also been talking to him and also been texting him. So uh, just not sure why some of these things were copied. Here's one from the Obama administration's advisor, John S. Flynn. No relation to Michael Flynn. This is a former Air Force captain who went on to become an advisor in the Obama White House. So John S. Flynn emails Friday, uh, Friday schedule card, May 26, 2016 at 7.08 p.m. Uh, Robert, to Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov. Boss, 8.45 a.m. prep for 9 a.m. phone call with President Poroshenko. We're off to then we're off to Rhode Island for infrastructure event, and then Wilmington for UDEL commencement. Nate will will have your draft draft remarks delivered later tonight, or with your press clips in the morning, and then there's an attachment. Uh, the attachment is Joe Biden's schedule for the day of Poroshenko's call. You know why did he CC Hunter Biden on that? Why did Hunter Biden need to know about know about his schedule for that? And obviously see the notes. For the for the the schedule, um, why did why did he need pop schedule? We've been told for three years there's no connection between the father and the son's involvement in Ukraine, China, or anywhere else. That this is all one big Republican conspiracy theory. Uh, I don't think it is because it's all coming out right now. And and oh, I'll point out some things as we go on. Here's John Solomon, the journalist who worked with the SLF on the Freedom of Information Act request on another piece of this. The news that Hunter Biden flew with his father on Air Force Two to 13 other countries from 2010 to 2016. And there's another piece of this that I think is going to become more and more important. Hunter Biden's appearances on Air Force Two. He's traveling around the country while he's also getting this information. He uses some of that travel like Beijing to score his deals. Why is he on Air Force Two? Why is he getting uh, government emails sent through his father saying the Biden presidency is the place where all our conspiracy theories come true? Uh, Each one of those things that were dismissed years ago are now true. Solomon also says, says there's an email that Joe forwarded to Hunter about a U.S. hostage being freed in Turkey. What does Hunter Biden need that for? I'm just, you know, this is all, this all brings up thoughts. What's going on? Who's, who was the vice president when Obama was in there? Was it Joe Biden or was it Hunter Biden? And, you know, who's the president today? Is it Joe Biden or is it Hunter Biden or is it Barack Obama? I don't know. Here's another email written by Robin Ware, a.k.a. Joe Biden, to Hunter. It appears... Father and son are talking about John McGrail, a friend of Hunter's, who worked in the Treasury Department. Hunter is trying to get Pop to hire McGrail as deputy counsel to the vice president. And it says, from Robin Ware, regarding Johnny, call me right away, Dad. Well, that sure blows the blows the uh, cover that Robin Ware is. Who's Robin Ware? It's uh, Hunter Biden's dad. Uh, Hunter responds, before you fill the position, please talk to me. Jay McGrail very much wants to serve as detail from the Treasury. And then he signs it RHB, which we now know is Robert Hunter Biden, because Hunter apparently is not his uh, not his actual uh, actual first name. They're so sneaky. It's not so much the secret emails, but why does Hunter have to be involved in in uh, in this with everything? The vice president uh, staff informed Hunter Biden of pop schedule on multiple emails. Between May 18th and June 15th, 2016, when Joe was the Obama White House point person on Ukraine 
and he was aggressively trying to get Poroshenko to fire prosecutor Victor Shokin. I know you all remember, we've talked about it enough, but Shokin was investigating Burisma while Hunter Biden and Devin Archer sat on the board. We've never, we've never heard from Victor Shokin before until this week when Fox's Brian Kilmeade had an exclusive interview. Why were you fired from your position by President Poroshenko? Poroshenko fired me at the insistence of the then Vice President Biden because I was investigating Burisma. So did President Poroshenko tell you that? That he wanted you to stay on the job, but there was pressure from President, Vice President Biden? Uh, you understood me correctly. This is how it was. Uh, there were no complaints whatsoever, no problems with how I was performing at uh, my job. But because pressure was repeatedly put on President Poroshenko, that is uh, what ended up in him firing me. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it uh, amazing that uh, how all this stuff went down? Everybody in, in Ukraine knew why it, was, why it was going down the way it was. Everyone knew what was going on. And, uh, you know, uh, Hunter Biden's on the, on the board of Burisma. Uh, Devin Archer's on the board of Burisma. Both of them collecting a million dollars a year, all going into their, uh, into, their, uh, into, their legal, into their legal corporation that Joe Biden was sharing. And everybody knew, knew what was going on. Hey, there's more to this, but I'm out of time for the first half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes. Traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. And I'll be right back with the rest of this story and lots more. Such a mean old man. Such a mean old man. His sister Pam works in a shop. She never stops. She's a go-getter. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. Don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, but I could. I could go on all day, and uh, if you're not in the market, you'd probably be bored, so I don't talk about what's going on in the country and uh, why you need to be uh, paying attention to it. Um, but if you do uh, need need some advice on uh, real estate or financing, if you want to know uh, what's going on with the value of your house and whether you can uh, pull some money out of it, if you want to know if it's a good time to buy or not, um, whether it be in California or another state, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo and we'll, uh, we'll do the 2023 way where nobody talks to each other. So before, uh, before the break, um, we were talking about uh, Joe Biden and using all these, uh, all these pseudonyms, uh, phony emails, to uh, to hide something, I don't know what he's hiding because it's he talks like it's Joe Biden right on right on the emails, and uh, talking about uh, and we talked about Victor Shokin and uh, the the prosecutor that got fired and how he had an interview with Brian Kilmeade, and how he said that basically it was uh, pretty obvious, pretty obvious to him um, why he got fired because. Joe Biden wanted him, didn't want him investigating Burisma because his son and his son's buddy uh, Devin Archer were on the uh, were on the board of of Burisma and uh, that which is why he started 
investigating it because it seemed like, hey, you know what? Biden was was the uh, point person in the in the at the United States in the Obama administration having to you do with Ukraine, and then he put his his son and his son's buddy on the board of Burisma, and it just seemed like there was something there was a conflict going on there, which everybody in America should have been thinking the same thing, and from what I hear, there were people in the White House that warned this could be a problem, but they didn't do anything about it. So here's some more from Shokin speaking about how Vice President Biden handled Ukraine in general, how the reason he was investigating Burisma was because of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's involvement and what he thinks of the vice president of the United States withholding one billion dollars in loan guarantees until he was fired. I developed a very firm understanding of the fact that the vice president was only acting in his own interests. He, generally speaking, handled Ukraine like um, it was his own backyard. He would put people uh, that were suitable for him, he would arrange for them to be put in certain positions. The reason I oversaw the Burisma case was because it was on a list of cases to merit special attention because Hunter Biden was involved with uh, Burisma and of course his father, Biden at the time, oversaw Ukraine affairs for the White House. This is why. The fact that Joe Biden gave away one billion dollars in uh, U.S. Uh, money in exchange for my dismissal, my firing. Isn't that alone a case of corruption? Yeah, you would think that alone is a case of corruption. Of course, Biden came back and uh, bragged about it on on video. We all saw it. We all saw it. And of course, uh, you know, he's the, some of the things he mentioned there. V, uh, Vice President's acting in his on his own interest. Which is all he's ever done since he's been in since he's been in office. Well, certainly since he became vice president, because until he became vice president, he had the lowest net worth of anyone in the Senate, and of course now he's a he's a multimillionaire um, since he became vice president and now president. How's he got all these all these properties? Never had any money before. Never had any business interests in anything before, and it appears that Hunter Biden uh, ha- is out there making money. But he has no business interest in anything other than being a Biden, from what we're hearing. And uh, sadly, half of the country is not engaged in this enough to be paying attention. Um, he's using Ukraine as, as, as his own backyard, arranging the people how he wants them, um, and all for his, all for his own, own benefit. And here's the most important part. Donald Trump was impeached. Because he asked about this. Hey, what's going on in Ukraine? Was this stuff really going on? You know, people are talking about this. Can you check into this? And he was impeached for that. The Democrats talk about hey, how Trump was impeached twice. Why is Trump leading the polls for the Republican nomination? Why is he leading the polls for the to become the next president? Because America knew it then, and America knows it now. That Trump was a great president. He is asking questions that we want him to ask. And the good old boys in the swamp didn't want him in there because our because our government has been corrupt beyond what we would ever believe. I can tell you for myself, I would have never thought some of the things that we see going on in other countries would be happening here. And it all opened up. It all opened up during the Obama administration. And then during then uh Trump got in there, and I told you, and I told you when he was running, I said, if Trump gets in there, 
He's going to, he's going to be in a businessman. He knows how to look at financial statements. He's going to know how to look at this stuff. And he's going to go, you guys are doing what? And, and the, the, the crap's going to hit the fan. And it did. And of course they spent the whole four years trying to get him out, get him out because they knew he was going to blow the lid off, off their big, uh, money tree that they have called the government called our, our tax money. And, and, you know, you guys ought to, ought to be paying attention because all this money that he's given to Ukraine, all this money he's given to the climate change people, that's our money. People don't think of it like that. Hey, Biden just gave, you know, $350 billion to this con- this company to make, uh, to make, uh, windmills to create a uh, wind energy. Oh, Hey, that, con- that company just went bankrupt. Yeah. They went bankrupt after they spent all our money. All this money going to Ukraine. Do we really have that much interest in Ukraine? Because the people in Europe don't seem to think we do because they're not putting up that kind of money. Then they're right they're right next door to them. But we are, and why is that why is that checkbook uh never have a never have a balance problem? Because it's our tax money. And why is our why is our national debt keep going up? Because he spends more than the tax money collected. That doesn't mean we have to collect more tax money. That means we gotta spend less. What happens? What happens when you're uh, when you're when you spend more money than you have coming in at your household? You start borrowing from your credit cards, and then what happens when your when your uh, credit cards run out of limit? At some point, the bank says, uh, "Hey, can I have an increase in my limit?" No, and they know raising your limit just just uh, uh, delays the inevitable that you're going to file bankruptcy. And they say, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna watch, uh, we're gonna cut our losses here, because this guy's having problems. They can see it. They can see it, but the only people that can't see it are Democrats, because they are blind to it. They watch CNN, they watch MSNBC, they watch, uh, they listen to, uh, they read the newspapers. If you read the Riverside Press Enterprise, very, very heavily slanted to the Democrats. You know, you would never know what's going on, and that's why that's why I've come to the conclusion that uh, the Democrats really believe Biden's doing a good job. Why else? Because they don't get any other input; they don't see what's really going on. So, anyway, let's talk about other stuff going on in this country besides uh, besides uh, Joe Biden and his idiocy. Well, it all invo- it all involves Joe Biden and his idiocy, but let's talk about another subject. Migrant smugglers with ties to ISIS are back. Really? We never would have suspected that. Or did they ever go away in the first place? Probably not. But this time it's CNN sounding the alarm on it. Hmm. There's a little shift there because now uh, now the CNN and PMSNBC and uh, some of the newspapers are starting to, t- starting to point out this stuff because they can no longer hide it and they know that they need to get rid of Joe Biden. So uh, the FBI is investigating. Here's a story from CNN. The FBI is investigating more than a dozen migrants from Uzbekistan and other countries allowed into the U.S. after they sought asylum at the southern border with Mexico earlier this year. Wow. Never would have suspected that. A scramble set off when the U.S. intelligence officials found that migrants traveled with the help of a smuggler with ties to ISIS. While FBI says no specific ISIS plot has been identified, Officials are still working to identify and assess all the individuals who gained entry to the United States. They are closely scrutinizing a number of migrants as possible criminal threats. Really? 
Although there is no real evidence at this point to justify detaining anyone, really, the episode was so alarming that an urgent classified intelligence report was circulated to President Joe Biden's top cabinet officials. For some counterterrorism officials, it shows that the U.S. is deeply vulnerable to the possibility that terrorists could sneak across the southern border by hiding amid the surge of migrants entering the country in search of asylum. You think? I never brought up the fact that, that uh, hey, you know what? Uh, Middle Eastern people, if they shave off their big beards, they look like Mexicans. And uh, Mexicans or people from uh, Guatemala or El Salvador or uh, um, Honduras or any of those Central American or South American countries, they all look the same. They come across and say, hey, I don't have no ID and speak like uh, with a little Spanish accent. Um, They all look the same. Hard to believe that they might have been sneaking across. The incident kicked off a flurry of urgent meetings among top officials at the time when Republicans have hammered Biden on the security of the southern border heading into the 2024 campaign. Here's what happened when Peter Ducey asked Corrine Jean-Pierre about it this week. How is it possible that an ISIS sympathizer is sneaking people into this country? So just so that uh, folks, I'm assuming you're speaking to the CNN uh, story, right? Okay, so I just want to make sure that uh, uh, folks who are watching understand the question. So I just want to be really clear here. So the intelligence alerted us to a human smuggling network. Uh, we moved fast uh, and, and successfully to, uh, to uh, successfully to disrupt it. So just want to be very clear of that. And we well, are being you, you disrupted it. Are you saying that you know where all of the people this ISIS sympathizer snuck into the country are? If I can answer the question, I'm sure I'll touch on every everything that you want to ask me. So again, in, intelligence alerted us of this human human uh, smuggling network. We believe and we move fastly and we successfully disrupted it. Smugglers have been detained overseas, including one link to the foreign terrorist uh, organization. Uh, no sign, there is no sign that any anyone moved by the smuggling network has terrorism connections, so I want to be clear there as well. And what we were able to do as precaution, uh, people brought here by smuggling network are being subject to extra vetting and are all in removal proceeding. And in addition to that, in addition to that, anyone coming across the border outside of the network uh, who matches the profile of those in the smuggling network is subject to uh, extra vetting, detained, and put in expedited removal uh, proceedings as well. Removal proceedings. Hmm. Removal proceedings. Wouldn't that be good if we caught them at the border and didn't let them in? But now we're doing removal proceedings. And uh, uh, smugglers have be de- been detained overseas. Really? Who's detaining them in Uzbekistan? Um, you know, I just say BS, BS, BS. This is all, this is all, hey, you know, we, we know where these people are and we're in the process of removal proceedings. She said that at least twice. And what is she saying? In other words, we have terrorists among us. We have terrorists. So we couldn't have, we couldn't have uh, predicted that except for I did. And that, hey, you know what? You let people over the southern border. We don't know who's coming in. And we don't care because they're all looking for a better life. Oh, my goodness. And this is actually the second time this year that ISIS. Now, remember, ISIS, Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. Hmm. We don't we know for we we have not determined that there's any terrorist ties to this. Well, ISIS is a terrorist organization. 
how you uh, affiliated with ISIS without having terrorist ties. But this is actually the second time this year that ISIS tied migrants were at the border. Back to the CNN article. Earlier this year, a cohort of migrants from Uzbekistan requested asylum, and they were screened by the Department of Homeland Security. There was no information in any of the intelligence community databases that raised any red flags. Yeah, right. Sure. Sure they did. And people were all released into the U.S. pending a court date, which they won't show up to. So, hey, these people, these people, the people that were detained. Now, remember, you've seen all the films of the southern border. We detained some of them, but a whole bunch of them, probably as many as we detain, that same amount get in and we don't know who they are. You know, the gotaways. And, uh, and we don't have any idea. So, uh, like any, so, so like anyone else that came across, um, we don't know who, we don't know who they are. We don't know who they are. So, uh, Hey, but the ones that we tested, they don't have any, any tie to, uh, to terrorism. So we released them into the U S why don't we just say, if you're from anywhere in the middle East, why don't we just release you back into Mexico? Why don't we just send you back to your country and let's just let's just make sure America is safe. It was only later when the FBI learned that the existence of the human smuggling network with at least one individual connected to ISIS, that national security officials put the pieces together. Hmm, it was only later when when they learned of the existence of a human smuggling network. Well, hey, you know, we didn't realize there was people being smuggled into this country. We know there's people from China coming over. We know there's people from the Middle East coming over. We know that the whole world knows that we have a porous border on the on the southern part of our country, and we never thought that there'd be a smuggling network connected with ISIS. The ISIS-linked smuggler is not believed to be a member of the terror group, but more like an independent contractor who has personal sympathies with the organization. Really, an independent contractor? I wonder how much they get for... Uh, for uh, sympathizing with the uh, ISIS group. And here's another question as an independent contractor. Do they report their earnings on their tax returns? Just, uh, just some thoughts. The intelligence community now believes it's unlikely that he was assisting these individuals at the behest of ISIS. Well, what else do you think he'd be doing? Most are believed to be seeking a better life in the United States. Because you know what? We at CNN wouldn't be CNN if we don't put that at the end of the article. And of course, uh, every person in, in the world deserves to have a better life, other than every person except for law-abiding, tax-paying citizens of America. You know, everyone needs to have a better life, so we need to make sure that we give it to them. And of course, uh, so from the Daily Wire, so far 15 or so of these migrants have been tracked down and are currently under observation by the FBI. All these migrants asked for asylum and were then granted entry into the United States and given a court date. Wow, 15. That's just, uh, that's 15 that we actually detained and then we uh, released them. That's only four short of what it took to pull off 9-11. Anybody remember that? Apparently there's uh, too many people that, that don't even remember. You know, uh, next week is going to be the, uh, the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. And of course, we don't even uh, we don't even learn from the past. We're just going to let it happen again, because only f 15 of them have been tracked down. And of course, if there's 15 that have been tracked down, there's probably 45 of them that got in. Here's Peter Ducey pushing back on Korean Jean Pierre. You said that there's no sign of a plot, but isn't it true that the U.S. has to be right 
with preventing terrorist attacks 100% of the time. They only have to be right once. So let's be very clear. I want to be really clear here. We are committed. This is, this is a White House that is committed to making sure that we are protecting our homeland and also protecting the American people. That is our commitment. We will continue to be vigilant on that. And so want to be uh, incredibly clear uh, on this. And, uh, and, and we are thankful. We are grateful for our law enforcement who, uh, who acted very quickly here. And they disrupted. They, dis they successfully disrupted uh, the smuggling network. We've seen human smuggling networks operated by the cartels for years. Why the sudden urgency with this one? We always have, we have always and will be and have been vigilant here when it comes to making sure that we are protecting our homeland. Yeah, the only thing she didn't say is we take stopping terrorism seriously. President Biden takes it very seriously about stopping terrorism. We're going to put the full the full force of the federal government to make sure that we figure out why these people got in and making sure it doesn't happen in the future. Oh, that's just using uh, using some of the old things. But let's talk about the key words that she used in that. We're committed. We're committed to protecting. We've been very vigilant. And, in, and let me make it incredibly clear. And we're thankful for our law enforcement people uh, being successfully successfully disrupting these these uh, this smuggling ring. Give me a break. This is all BS, BS, BS. So uh, let's talk about the big thing here is the reason for the shift. The reason for the shift in uh, in where we're hearing this from. It's not just Fox and Newsmax and uh, One America News and uh, some of the other ones and the you know the 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 various uh, online podcasts pointing this stuff out. Now we're starting to hear it from CNN and MSNBC. So we just heard that story that doesn't look good for Joe Biden's open border policy, and CNN is the one that broke the broke the story. Why the sudden shift? Why is it no longer xenophobic to talk about ISIS hiding among the, among the migrants? Because I've been talking about it for two and a half years, two and three quarter years. I think we all know the answer. The left wants Biden out. That's why liberal networks are reporting on the new AP poll, which we'll get to in a minute. But here's the AP story. Americans actually agree on something in this in this time of raw discord. Joe Biden is too old to be an effective president in a second term. What he what they really mean is he's too old. His brain has deteriorated too far to be an effective president, even in his first term. Only a few years as junior, Donald Trump raises strikingly less concern about his age because his brain still works. Although the Democrats are still are trying to point the finger at him because that's what Democrats do. Hey, Joe Biden, Joe Biden did this and Joe Biden's corrupt. Oh, well, let's look at what Trump did. They don't ever have any answers for the how dirty the Biden family, the Biden crime family is. Um, they don't have any answer for it other than look at what Donald Trump did. In the poll, fully 77% said Biden is too old to be effective for four more years. Not only do 89% of Republicans say that, so do 69% of Democrats. That view is held across age groups, not just by young people, though older Democrats specifically are more supportive of his 2024 bid. So in the poll, they asked uh, percent who say candidate is too old to be effective to effectively serve another four-year term as president. In the U.S., across the board, 77% say Biden's too old. 51% say Trump's too old. Dem uh, if you just point out Democrats, Democrats say 69% say that that uh, Biden's too old, but 71% Trump say Trump's too old. 
independents say 74% of independents say that Biden's too old. Only 48% of them say that Trump's too old. And uh, when you look at Republicans, 89% of Republicans say that, uh, that uh, Biden's too old and 28% that Trump's too old. So it's not down to, it's not actually the age that causes the problem. It's the brain cells. Here's Willie Geist from Morning Joe, followed by CNN's Jake Tapper pressing KJP. Let's take a moment to appreciate this, and then we'll talk about why it's happening. All right, let's talk about some new polling that we're just getting in about President Biden showing his age is a significant concern for voters ahead of the 2024 election, including among Democrats, by the way. And this is something that the White House, the Biden campaign cannot avoid. It is a reality. It might be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for some people to talk about. But when you have private dinner parties, when you go out at the ice cream place in the summer, people do, even Democrats who like Joe Biden and, and plan to support him, they do have concerns about his age. Yes, they do. And it's just it's just a fact that they have to deal with. But I'm talking about his age and his stamina and his ability to do the job. And you're talking about the record. And I understand why you'd rather talk about the record. But I'm talking about what Americans see when they turn on the TV and they see, you know, Joe Biden's been in politics since before, literally since before you were born. And like that, he's he's aged. Well, let's talk about as we all do. Yeah, that little yapper dog, uh, that Pomeranian in the background is uh, trying to interrupt him as uh, KJP trying to interrupt. So uh, uh, so who are they looking for to be the nominee? Uh, it's not Kamala Harris. Think about it. There is a reason Gavin Newsom is all of a sudden owning up to California's homelessness crisis in response to a judge ordering that San Francisco officials can't clear the city's homelessness encampments because it violates civil rights of homeless people. Newsom went to the San Francisco Chronicle this week to call it preposterous and inhumane. Of course, it didn't bother him up until the fact that he's uh, looking at uh, looking like they're going to try and uh, push him in on the uh, on the uh, the 2024 campaign when they push Biden out. And of course, I predicted it uh, earlier in the year when he said he was going to re- run for re-election. I predicted that he would bow out. Before the uh, end of the before the uh, end of the year or early 2024, and of course, remember, there things don't happen for no reason. Uh, like Newsom owning up to the owning up to the uh, his view on the on the uh, homelessness. There's no reason because he he knows there's a filing deadline. He knows there's a filing deadline to uh, run for president, and he's got to get his view out against homelessness because he's going to get killed on the campaign trail when he declares his candidacy. And here's another thing that you might pay attention to that's not happening for no reason. Why is all the talk about COVID popping back up and us having to wear masks again? Because they need an excuse for another mail-in ballot election. You know, all the talk of masks and vaccines. If you're stupid enough to, to fall for this again, then you deserve what you get. If you go out and get another vaccine, oh, hey, there's a new vaccine that we're going to have to be taking. Hey, we're going to have to start wearing masks in schools. Nothing happens for no reason. There's a reason for all this stuff. The whole Gavin Newsom thing, you know, uh, they're realizing that uh, that Mr. Joe Biden is not capable and Mr. Hair Gel is going to have to step in because they, they know it's not Mr. RFK Jr. that's going to that's gonna do it for the Democrat Party. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So thanks for listening. My name is Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week.